What is up, DGA Effers? We are talking today about vacationing without the bullshit of diet culture sucked into your head. Yes. So we are giving you a look into vacations we've gone on before where we had been diet culture ridden of craziness. And the vacation we just went on where we have been working through our intuitive eating journey and we're coming to the last couple stages of intuitive eating and how that experience went. Yeah. So when we talk about diet culture, we're talking about just really, really focusing on body image and being very obsessed with how you look in a bathing suit, for example, Um, being very obsessed with the food that you're putting into your body and calculating macros, counting calories, tracking points, um, judging what you're eating. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it healthy? Is it not? Judging what other people are eating. Overexercising on vacation. Yeah. We actually beating yourself up because you didn't exercise. We actually did not even address we that didn't. in this episode, but this is the first vacation I've gone on where I haven't worked out every single day. I actually didn't work out one time on this vacation. Not saying that's good or bad, but I didn't want to, so I didn't, and I didn't feel guilty about it. Well, to address because we did not talk about this in the episode. Um I don't know about you, but when you go on vacation with children that are young. I think I probably, I don't, I don't know because I didn't track it. Like I walked and was on my feet. I move, I was moving my body just like normally yeah. that before, because it wasn't tracked on an app, because it wasn't tracked on my Apple watch or because it wasn't a formal workout, I would have thought I was lazy, but I was moving so freaking much on vacation. Like if I would have exercised, I would have probably burnt myself out. But also I didn't want to because I wanted to be more present with my children. I didn't want to have to go work out, go shower, do all the things. Yes. So we we share those experiences with you in this episode. And we really want just to help open your eyes to what is possible when you can get over that hurdle of diet culture really taking over your life. If you are new to the conversation of ditching diets and maybe embracing an intuitive eating path, journey, style of eating, then go click the link in our bio on Instagram or in the show notes of this podcast episode. We are going to link a couple things for you. We're going to link a free resource that basically just explains what intuitive eating is, what it's not. Also, there's an assessment in there to kind of learn where your starting point is with your intuitive eating journey. Where are you at based off diet culture? experiences. And then we also have an actual self-paced course called the Diet Rebellion. This course Mm -hmm. is crucial to starting your intuitive eating journey. It is because it's going to help you overcome those fears that are holding you back from really letting go of diet culture because diet culture is everywhere. It's a $70 billion industry for a reason. A lot of marketing goes into dieting. So we want to help you overcome the fears of, well, I'm going to be out of control. What if I gain weight? What if I don't lose weight? What if I stay where I'm at? What if I become lazy? What if I'm unhealthy? What if people judge me? Like those fears that are replaying in your head right now, we want to help you overcome that. We have taken our own personal experiences and put them into this course. We've taken research that we've actually went out and found to help us with our personal intuitive eating journeys. And we've mashed it all together in a very quick digestible course that we've actually priced less than a hundred dollars. Like you can't find online courses at that price. And the reason we did that was because we want you to start. We want this accessible to you so you can start it right now. We want you to start right now Mm -hmm. so that you can have that freedom. So that'll be linked in our Instagram at fit.and.social and in the show notes of the podcast. All right, let's do this. 
Welcome to the Demand Growth Act Fearlessly podcast brought to you by Lauren Mayer and Jenna Lockhart. You guys, we are just two average girls who realized that the only way to truly live an exceptional life was to fight through our fears and never give up on our dreams. So when you hang with us, you're going to hear it all. The good, the bad, the the ugly, and everything in between. As our loyal listeners, you're going to be known as a dga effer. like don't give a bleep or get it. <laughs> oh, but really, we want you to think about this because you're one of two types. You're either a dga effer who doesn't realize the importance of living a life of growth or change, or you're a dga effer who doesn't give a bleep what it takes to reach your goals. Our hope is that we can turn you into the latter if you're not already there. Let's talk about vacationing without diet culture looming over our heads. Yes. Oh. It was we want to talk about our we just both went on vacation. Um actually not, not together. Not together, but kind of close-ish <laughs> to each other. She was in you were in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I was in South Carolina. And it was a very different experience from past vacations mm-hmm. we have been on when we were really sucked into dieting and wanting to look our absolute best in a bathing suit. And we just wanted to share with you a like the thoughts that have changed and the actual experience at, on vacation that changed. Yeah. So let's talk about even the car ride there. Like before we even mm. get to mm-hmm. vacation. We're going to go through kind of like what we used to do and how our mentality was versus what we did this time and and what had changed. So I know both of us used to pack coolers, lots, lots of coolers of, of vegetables and fruits and like healthy snacks to keep us on plan. Yes. Because we were petrified to eat something that wasn't on plan. Yes. I was petrified of not having food available, especially when we stopped. So for our trips, we take our camper and our camper can only stop at specific stops. Like we can't just pull into any fucking um, gas station or fast food restaurant. Cause it's huge. It's enormous. So we have to have planned stops. Well, the planned stops we have, there's one that has a Wendy's and that's it. And like a fried chicken place, I think. And then the other one has a McDonald's and that's it. And I will say in the past, when I was in diet culture, that scared me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, that can't be my only food option. I have to pack all of this food because that's so unhealthy and I have to stress myself out about it. Or or I have spent time on like their websites or on their apps trying to find like the lowest calorie option because mm-hmm. if we do end up stopping there, like what can I get that isn't going to ruin my progress. Yes, I've done that before as well. Mm-hmm. And I will say this time we definitely still did pack some food, but it was more so because my son is almost five and he, when he wants food, we need to have food on hand or we will be tortured. So I packed um, cucumbers and raspberries and strawberries. That's usually what he loves to eat and peppers. And I was like, oh, if I'm hungry, we can munch on those too. And and I brought some hummus, which is funny because I never touched it. Um, and we also brought like some chips and some like fruit snacks and random stuff, mostly for the kids. But I also told myself like if I'm hungry during the drive, like 
I can eat this as well. But if I'm not, or if I don't want it, I don't need to eat it. And I ate a couple things that we packed because I was hungry. Other than that, when we stopped, I ate lunch with everybody else at Wendy's Mm -hmm. for the first time. Yeah. Ate with everybody that we traveled with, all go into Wendy's. We all get some lunch and we leave. And this was the first time I actually did that. And it was great. I mean, I ate till I was full and I didn't feel gross like I thought I would after I ate fast food and I moved on. And I think I think that's a big misconception that people have and something that I used to have as well was like, well, I can't eat that stuff because it makes me feel sick or it makes me feel tired. It makes me feel crappy. And what I've learned now that I'm letting myself have that stuff more often is it's not the actual food itself that makes me feel that way. It's the amount Mm -hmm. that I used to have. Because I was so afraid of it, when I did let myself have it, I would overeat it to the point where I did feel sick. And tired. And tired and groggy. And, And that's something to really pay attention to as you're starting your intuitive eating journey. Is it the food that makes you feel that way or is it the amount of that food you're eating? Yes. And we understand that there's a difference between like some people of like a gluten intolerance, some people are lactose intolerant. That's different. Like if that stuff doesn't make you feel good, then don't eat it. Well, that's part of intuitive <laughs> Yeah. That's part of intuitive eating is right. you're, you're really paying attention to how food makes you feel, how food feels in your body. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, that's so true. When I ate that Wendy's, I got a, um, the first time, cause we go to the same place on the way back. So on the way there, I got a double cheeseburger and a fry. And my husband and I ended up splitting the fry. Cameron ended up eating the rest of the fry and I ate my whole hamburger and I will. And I also got a lemonade. Mm-hmm. That was huge. I feel like the lemonade might've been more like of a big, like winning moment for me than eating the burger and the fries. Yes. Yeah. Because drinking drinks calories. With calories is a huge one for me. Me too. Me too. And the lemonade tasted amazing. I didn't even finish it. I just, and like my, the thing is, this was what was different. When I went in, there was no plan on like, well, I can't eat all of it. I'm only going to eat half or I'll let myself eat all of it. There was none of that. Like that's what people don't understand what intuitive eating is when you finally make peace with food. Okay. So you have to go through the making peace part. This is like when you're on the other side, like when you're in like stage four or five Mm -hmm. of intuitive eating, you don't like think about the amount that you're about to eat. You just eat it. And sometimes you finish it and sometimes you don't. And that's it. And there's no morality tied to it. No, you're not good. If you don't finish it, you're not bad. If you do finish it, you're not good if you clean your plate. Like right. it's that's gone. Yes. And so when I got the lemonade, I was like, oh, that sounds so good. I really want this lemonade. And I took some sips in the car and I was like, mm, this is so good. And I drank it with my meal because it tasted delicious. Mm-hmm. And then I like forgot that it was there because I just didn't want it anymore. Yeah. But yeah. it wasn't like a conscious thought, like, I don't want this anymore, so I can't drink it anymore. That's funny. I So even backing up before vacation, we probably should have started the conversation there because I went to Penn Station the day before we left for vacation. That is something I never would have done before because mm-hmm. I was like on vacation prep and I had to make sure that I was not bloated and I was perfect. But by the time I got to the beach, right. all that bullshit. So I got the Italian sub from Penn Station, which is so good. Un- amazing. And I got the cookie and then I got a pop too, which I know. Ooh, yes. Like for me, that's big, yeah. big. And I had planned to get a Diet Coke because I actually like Diet Coke. It's mm-hmm. not that I wanted like 
to save calories. Well, so I get up to the pop machine and it was Diet Pepsi. And I was like, no, I can't do it. Like I can't do Diet Pepsi. And that's just my personal preference. So I'm like, well, Dr. Pepper it is. And so I got the regular Dr. Pepper, but I'm like, that was huge for me. And same thing. I didn't even finish it, Mm -hmm. but not that that's good. Not that it's bad. It's just that's what right. If you I finished wanted. it, it's fine. You're, that means you wanted it. Right. You wanted the rest. Right. Um, but but it's just freeing to be able to make those decisions and not have any guilt or or afterthoughts about it. Yes. And I really noticed that on vacation that I was entering the stage four ish. We've talked about the five stages of intuitive eating. Uh, we have a podcast episode on that. So just, I think the title is literally the five stages of intuitive eating. So if you're not quite sure what I'm talking about, go listen to that and then come back. But I feel like I'm in stage four because a lot, there was still times where I had dieting thoughts. There was still times where I, that stuff's still going to come up. Um, especially in the beginning, (laughs) you're going to be riddled with dieting thoughts and weird shit and very hyper aware. And we talk about that, but you're going to enter a phase where it's really fading and it might just come up every so often. And I noticed that most of the time I didn't really think about, I didn't think about food the whole time until I was hungry, Mm -hmm. which was huge. Yeah. Usually I think it would think about food all day, even when I wasn't hungry. Cause actually I was probably, I was probably starving the whole day, but I didn't think about food until I was hungry. And when I made choices to eat it felt very natural and then I just went on with my day and I there were some points where I thought like oh I've eaten this every day this week and it's literally macaroni salad and a sandwich with white bread like maybe and then I was like no yeah I'm fine I feel good afterwards this is what we have this is easy I want to go back to the beach so we'll talk about that in a in a second but um what I was saying is I know that I've entered stage 4 because the thoughts are really fading. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. mean, the mean thoughts, critical, telling you to stop thoughts are fading. Yep. Yeah. I feel the same way. I mean, I know the first night we got there, I was starving. We had no food there yet. And I'm, I'm like, I know when I'm to the point where I'm getting hungry, I need to eat. I mm-hmm. need to honor that. And so it was pretty funny. We ordered pizza, except we stayed on this little tiny island. They didn't even deliver pizzas. Like oh, geez. it was so hard to get pizza. It was unbelievable. So we finally get pizza and we're all starving. But that was something in the past I would have really, really beaten myself up over because before I would restrict so hard going into vacation. And then that's always what happens is every single vacation, the first night we end up getting pizza. Right. Cause and it's then, easy. You don't want to cook. And I overeat it. And I feel like shit for the entire week because all the, the restricting that I've done it's over. Well, and also you probably get bloated because yeah. you've been restricting and then you overate. So then the whole vacation you feel you feel bloated. Bloated and, I, and, and you're like, uh, you know. Exactly. That. Which A, feeling bloated's not bad. No. Either. There's times where you feel bloated and there's nothing you can really do about it. Yeah. And it goes away. It's temporary. But still, I know that that can ruin sometimes. Some right. present times you should be having fun. You're thinking about being bloated. Yes. Yeah. Especially when you're really, really struggling with diet culture thoughts mm-hmm. and that mentality. Um, but yes, and this time was so different and it was so freeing because I just ate the pizza and stopped when I was full and that was it. Yeah. Moved on. Yep. That's so funny. We also got pizza when we got to our first Mm -hmm. stop, which was in Virginia. We got pizza and that was, I mean, once again, ate it, was done when I was done and moved on and hung out with my family, which was great. And I think too, I've noticed I, I don't get 
as bloated now. I don't either. Because I'm not restricting those foods. And you're not overeating. And I'm you're not, not over- binging. Yeah. I'm not eating, you know, the amount of pizza that would make me feel totally sick and crappy because I am in tune with what my body wants and when I'm full. And so that's really something to pay attention to as you're working through that whole making peace with food process. And if you have not, if you're new to the conversation, you don't know what making peace with food is, go listen to our principles of intuitive eating podcast. We talk about 10 principles, walk you through them. That's different than the stages. So yeah, definitely. Um, Another thing I, well, actually what I kind of noticed too was so first off, I want to point this out. Intuitive eating is not linear. No. Nope. I just want to let everybody know that. So like, yeah, there's 10 principles. Um, and principle 10 is at the end for a reason. So it's called gentle nutrition because you're not really supposed to worry about nutrition stuff at all when you're in the beginning of mm-hmm. those principles. However, that doesn't mean that like for me or for Jenna, who feel like we're in stage four of the intuitive eating process, that there isn't times where we still are making peace with food. Mm -hmm. So for me on the vacation, I made peace with sandwiches on white bread Mm -hmm. and I didn't do it intentionally, which was interesting. But now that I'm looking back, I definitely made peace with that food because when we went grocery shopping, my husband's like, what do you want to do for like lunch on the beach? Okay. I have two little kids that I'm on the beach with. We're in a camper. Like we're not cooking every goddamn lunch. I'm sorry, but that stresses me the hell out. I also don't want to get salad out and cut up things. And so, I mean, some days I did, but I was like, what's going to be super easy, but also good that we can just run and eat and then keep having fun the rest of the day. And I'm like, oh my God, I miss like basic sandwiches, like basic, like ham and cheese, salami, things like that. So we got ham and Swiss cheese and I got pickles and I bought brioche white bread because I was like, ew, I don't want to eat that whole grain stuff because I can't toast it. Yeah. That stuff tastes sick if you don't toast it. So I'm like, I want this really good bread. I'm not kidding you. I ate a ham and cheese, pickles, French dressing and mayonnaise on brioche bread sandwich almost every <laughs> single day for lunch. <laughs> On vacation and macaroni salad that I also made peace with that. Yeah. Um, because those salads, potato salad, macaroni salad were a huge thing I would avoid. And I ate it every single day. And I, by time, like by the end of the week, I was kind of like, I don't really know if I want this again. Like, yeah. you know, whatever. But I didn't overeat it. It didn't make me bloated. Mm-hmm. It didn't make me feel like shit, which was things that I thought would it would do in the past. It was convenient. It was easy. It let me get on with my day faster to go down to the beach faster. And that's the thing I want you to realize is that diet culture has made me, and I know Jenna and a lot of people believe that what I did on vacation was so bad for your health. It's not. It was so good for my health to have something so quick, something I could just make and walk to the beach in my hand with so that I could keep playing with my children mm-hmm. on the beach instead of being stuck at my camper, whipping up a salad, cooking grilled chicken. Like I didn't have to do that. And guess what? I was so, I was able to move on with my day so much faster and be so much more present, hanging out with my friends and hanging out with my family. That to me is way healthier than sitting there and trying to find a a meal that's quote unquote on my meal plan or healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy in quotes. Right. And I think just your mental health 
plays such a big role mm-hmm. in in all of this mm-hmm. because I know when I was sucked into, you know, making sure that I had all the vegetables and all the fruits and all the stuff that, you know, all the whole grains and no white bread and nothing processed and all that. It's like, I was so stressed and I was so fearful. I hated going out to dinner Mm -hmm. because I, I always had to choose whether I was going to be quote unquote good and stick to my meal plan and order something I actually didn't want, or was I going to be bad and order something that tasted good and then feel like crap because I would overeat it. Like none of that came up this trip. Yeah. Ever. Same. Ever. And it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it was really, I mean, I was very terrified. I will say before we left for vacation to go on vacation, not because of the food. It was because I had to wear a bathing suit yeah. and like literally we wear a bathing suit all day. Like, I think that's like the only outfit I pretty much wore 95% of the time And I was very nervous about it because I haven't really been in a bathing suit in this body Mm -hmm. that I'm in right now. I've been in a bathing suit when I had a six pack. I've been in a bathing suit when I was in the best shape of my life. And the last time you went on vacation with this particular group of people. Oh, I was jacked. You were like bikini competition shape. Shape. Yes. So... I was very, very nervous, more so because I'm like, these people like are going to be like, what the fuck happened to this girl? Mm-hmm. And like, I I look so healthy. And like, I know that. I know that's like my body dysmorphia kicking in, which is also a huge win as going through intuitive eating. I can pinpoint my body dysmorphia in two seconds. Mm-hmm. Looking at pit, well, I'm getting off topic, but like looking at pictures now, if I see one that I, I'm like, oh, I look so gross. I can immediately tell myself that's body dysmorphia. You're not seeing this picture correctly. Yeah. You're not, you're going to look at this picture in three weeks and think something else. So stop it. Yeah. So that's been nice. I've been able to point that out, but I was so scared, so scared to put on the bathing suit. So we go and travel um, to Virginia. So we went to Myrtle Beach. So we traveled to Virginia. We stayed the night in our camper, then we go the rest of the way. So in the Virginia campground, they have a pool and we all go to the pool right when we get there. And that was the first time I was in my bathing suit in front of, the group that we went with. We go with a bunch of people who have kids our age as well. And once I put it on and once I got to the pool and just started talking with people, I really realized that no one gave a fuck. Yeah. No one cares. No one cared. <laughs> like I, for some reason in my head, I thought people would be like, what happened? Like, like whispering behind my back, like she looks so bad. Like, oh my God. And like Lauren, like, are you okay? Which I know they weren't going to say that, but I thought they were going to say that. And then when everyone was just treating me like they did when I had a six pack, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Nobody actually gives a flying fuck. Except for you. Except for me. And Mm -hmm. so who cares? So that was good. And then the rest of the trip, I lived in my bathing suit. Did not give a shit. Ate my sandwich in my bathing suit. Did not care. So what helped you get to the point where you didn't care? I think exposing myself to... um, Oh, keep exposing myself to that situation. So like on vacation, it was easy to do that because we lived in our bathing suit. Yeah. So I would say like, the more you do it, Mm -hmm. the easier it gets. Like wear the outfit that you feel like that you really like, Mm -hmm. but you think people are going to judge you in it. Go wear it. Yeah. In front of people in public, because I'm telling you, no one cares. Yeah. And you're going to feel that when you get there. Mm-hmm. You will. You're going to be like, oh, this. one other thing is one of the girls. This is another thing that really helped me, which is funny. One of the girls, unfortunately, um, 
her like daughter nailed her in the face and her tooth and like twice I think and so she had to get her tooth removed her front tooth oh gosh so she's on vacation she has like a fake one she can put in but she's not allowed to use it when she eats or drinks so she basically didn't have it in the whole trip she's like I'm eating and drinking basically all day I can't have my tooth in so you know I could tell she was self-conscious because she did tell all of us like guys this is what happened this is why I don't have a front tooth like (laughs) okay you know that I'm like I would be very self-conscious too like holy shit your front tooth I have like nightmares about that but (laughs) what I realized though was like yeah she told us about it and whatnot I didn't notice it literally the rest. I didn't notice it. Yeah. And she's like, I feel so self. I'm like, Nikki, I'm telling you, I don't, I like, don't realize you don't have a tooth. Not paying attention at all. And I think that's, that's something to point out too, is when, when you yourself are really, really focused on like diet culture beliefs and behaviors and all of that, you're hyper aware of your own Mm -hmm. diet diet mentality and all that but you're also very hard on others Mm -hmm. you judge others really harshly whereas when you do that work and and really heal yourself and let those things go you accept other people or you see them in a whole new light and that was something very eye-opening for me seeing different bodies on the beach this time people that I would have judged before and I know Mm -hmm. it sounds awful Mm -hmm. but really people I I would have judged them before and now I'm like they look incredible. Yeah. And like, or you like, just don't even think about it. Right. You're just like, oh, that's another human in a bathing suit. Right. Right. Having fun with their family. Right. Okay. I I feel like my perception of people has changed. Mm -hmm. Drastically. Drastically. Well, you know what's funny? One other story. Or, or, sorry. Or I focus more on like, if I'm, if I'm like people watching, I focus on like what they're doing. Yeah. Like if they're hammered falling in the beach and you start cracking up. Or like they're playing with their kids on the beach or they're playing bocce (laughs) ball. Like I'm watching the game. Like, oh, look, they're having fun. Or look, Tito Tammy was this one lady who kept falling in the ocean and was hilarious. Like, yeah. Like stuff like that. It actually makes your vacation more fun because you're not, you're not hyper-focused on that. You're not. So another story. So the group we were with. Um, one of the girl's husband like brought their family. So like they normally don't come. And so they came and the mom was very fit, mm-hmm. very, very fit. Yeah. And I was people watching her cause I was just curious. I wanted to just watch her to see if she did what I used to do when yeah. I was very fit, like how you would pinch things and be constantly hyper-focused on your body. Like I would just, I know I could pick up on those things. So I'm like, I just kind of want to watch her. So I was sitting in my beach chair because she wasn't very talkative. She was very standoffish, which I don't know if this has to do with like her size, but she seemed a little like she was judging all of us mm-hmm. because all of us girls were just living our best lives and we're not, we don't look like her. And yeah. so I, I mean, this is just me because I know how I was when I was like that. She was... Literally, every time she went in the ocean, was pulling her stomach, pulling, like, checking her bathing suit, like, to make sure there wasn't rolls. She'd sit down, and she would make sure she was sitting up. She had no rolls, by the way. She had nothing. She was, like, you know, like, my fitness competition days. And I just sat there and was like, I'm so happy. I'm not like that anymore. I feel bad for you, but I'm so happy that I can sit here and play shark in the water with my kid and be sandy and just rolling around and not caring. Yeah. Yeah. What a difference. Like I literally, another thing when I was stuck in diet culture is I wouldn't get my hair wet. No. 
Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would get my, I would make sure my hair was done-ish before I would go swimming and I would put in a ponytail and I would never get it wet and I would make sure I had mascara on. So like, well, I can't get wet. Cause like I have my mascara on this time. I literally was body surfing in the ocean. I would get up. My hair would be like plastered to my face. It would just be like, I would look like a disaster. Yeah. No makeup on just like, that's it. Yeah. Just rolling how around. How fun was that? It was so much way more fun. Yeah. yeah. Way more fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's possible. So possible. It's so possible when you can heal from all the diet culture bullshit. And know that it's a process. And I know that it's scary to let go of the dieting thoughts because dieting culture makes us believe that dieting and weight loss is the only way to like feel confident in your skin. We see it preached 24 seven mm-hmm. in transformation mm-hmm. photos on social media. It's all a lie. You will literally be having so much more fun and be so much more present when you let all of that go. Yeah. And if you're struggling to let it go, if you're new to intuitive eating, or even if you've been trying to do this on your own, we're here for you. If you need support, Um, we do have our diet rebellion course right now. That is a course that's going to help you overcome fears around embracing intuitive eating. So if you're afraid you're going to gain weight, if you're afraid that you're going to become unhealthy or lazy, or your people are going to judge you, if you have that fear coming up, this course is going to be perfect for you. I'm telling you though, you need to take this course. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people want to skip that step. Like they don't want to address the fears. They just want to like, well, I just want to start making peace with food. Well, I just want to start learning how to honor you my hunger. Can't. I, you can't because we've had people that we've seen on social media who've been gung ho about ditching diets and doing all these things. And they did not address the first principle, which is reject the diet mentality head on. And when I say you can't just address it like, okay, I'm done. Yep. Okay, I'm going to start this. Like, no, you have to know the facts. Yeah. You have to know why dieting is bad for you. You have to understand that weight gain is common and that your body has a weight set point and it will regulate. You need to know that and you need to work on it. You need to embrace it. You have to. And so when people are like, I don't need to worry about that, just help me start my intuitive eating process. I'm like, no. No. But you ha- this is how you start it is no. you have to. You have to do. You can't just do it by looking at social media accounts. You can't just do it by like twiddling your thumbs and Googling some shit every now and then. Like you have to do the work. Yeah. You have to do the work. And I'm not trying to be mean, but like I want this to soak in that how important it is to address your inner demons. Well, because here's the thing. If you don't address them, they're going to come back up. And you're not going to be able to say no to them. Mm-hmm. You're going to fall back into the cycle. We've seen it happen. Time. Oh, they fall right back in. You get sucked back in. Somebody says something to you or you go on vacation and have a negative experience and you are right back where you started. Very easy to get sucked back in unless you really work on that first principle, which yeah. is what our Diet Rebellion course does. Yeah. So we will link that in the show notes. Um, it's also linked on our Instagram at fit.am.social. We love you. Have fun on vacation this summer. Yes. All right. Till next time.